been listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDTM. Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Calls to fundamentally rethink our criminal justice system are getting louder and more frequent. And among those who are calling for change are some Michigan Democrats who are now challenging incumbent prosecutors in their own party. Today, we hear from Victoria Burton Harris, who hopes to defeat longtime Wayne County prosecutor Kim Worthy in the Democratic primary race. Victoria Burton Harris, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks so much for having me. Honored to be here with you. Yes, thanks for being with us. So let's talk about your background and how it led you to the decision to challenge Prosecutor Worthy in the August primary. Well, I'm a criminal defense attorney in Wayne County, and um, for the last few years, I have um, paid uh, a lot of attention to what is happening within that office that plays out within our courtrooms, Um, things from overcharging in an effort to get folks to plead guilty to half of those charges, knowing that the evidence doesn't support all of the charges brought initially, um, to responding to people and and defendants when they want to exercise their right to hold a preliminary exam or go to trial by the prosecutor's office responding with um, increasing charges and adding charges that carry mandatory prison sentences. Um, But even that uh, was not the catalyst for me becoming a candidate. Um, It was not until sometime last year I began to uh, get a lot of phone calls and requests for meetings to sit down and entertain the idea of running against Kim Worthy. And initially I said no. Um, It was not my plan to spend my career being a traditional prosecutor doing what I've always known them to do, which is to put people in jails and prisons and just respond punitively um, to crime. And so I said, no, why would I want to do that? Uh, Charles Hamilton Houston said, to be a lawyer in this skin, a black lawyer, you have one of two options. You can either be a social engineer for justice or you can be a parasite on your community. And I did not want to be a parasite on my community. Uh, And it wasn't until a friend of mine that's very active in the criminal justice reform space said, Victoria, why don't you expand your thinking and look at progressive prosecutors like Larry Krasner and Kim Gardner, Kim Fox, Rachel Rollins, and see that you can actually use the power of that office for good. And that was really the moment where the light bulb went off, Mm. when I realized that we could do things differently with the power of a prosecutor who is forward-thinking and bold and progressive, one who does not respond to crime simply with punishment, but one that focuses more on intervention and prevention. Hmm. And so um, I, I spoke to a lot of national actors, local folks, local elected officials, a lot of defense attorneys, and I made it a point to talk to folks who were current prosecutors and former prosecutors, and they all said the same thing. The time is now. You have the voice, you have the record, you have the platform, you need to do it. And so here I am. So let's talk specifically about how you would change the way that the prosecutor's office uh, interacts with the other parts of the criminal justice system here in Wayne County. What what is it that you would, uh, would do differently than what Kim Worthy is doing? I would build a culture that's focused on seeking justice for victims and ensuring that that justice is equal 
Um, I would certainly be open to community scrutiny and feedback and paying close attention to racial disparities and prioritizing the needs of victims and their families. I would build a staff that reflects the diversity of the community that the office serves. I would require my assistant prosecutors to complete implicit, implicit bias training. I would maintain and publish regular statistics about prosecution and include racial information at all stages. I would commit to publicly reporting any significant racial disparities. I would end cash bail for low level nonviolent offenses, including some felony offenses, as we've seen across the country and other jurisdictions. I would certainly expand our diversion programs and get rid of this pay-to-play system, as well as um, the criteria that you have to be a first-time offender in order to qualify for many of them. For diversion, I would, you mean, yeah. For diversion programs, absolutely. I would certainly expand the Conviction Integrity Unit by closing the Asset Forfeiture Unit and the Vehicle Forfeiture Unit. Valerie Newman is uh, one of the most remarkable human beings that um, has worked in the legal community here in Detroit. Um, And I believe that we need to have in that unit more than one full-time attorney. We would be best served with three or four Valerie Newmans in that unit. And we certainly would be better served if Valerie Newman had more authority to bring home more folks who were wrongfully prosecuted. Um, I would bring restorative justice programs to Wayne County modeled after common justice in Brooklyn led by Danielle Sered. I would also bring automatic marijuana expungements, um, as we've seen in other jurisdictions, by contracting with Code for America for a mere $15,000 using cell phone data, voter rolls, as well as driver's license information. And I, um, above any and everything else, I care most about bringing innocent people into this system. Wayne County has more wrongful convictions than all other counties combined. And you address them, yes, on the back end, but that's not where you start. The start should be in the warrant division of the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office, where we consistently have a rubber stamping of warrant requests. And if we had a policy that we did not charge first and investigate later, but did the reverse and required review of body cam footage before we authorized warrant requests, I feel strongly that we would curb a few things. We would certainly not bring so many innocent people into this system unnecessarily. We would certainly be able to give victims of crime true justice by getting the getting it right and getting the right person, ensuring that they're not out there free to harm them or someone else in the community. And we would also be able to uh, make sure that we're using our limited resources going after the crimes that we have supporting, cooperating evidence for. Mm. So uh, I should note that Prosecutor Worthy is scheduled to come onto the program next Monday uh, to, mm-hmm. to talk about her candidacy for, for, for re-election. But I also want uh, to to go back to some of the things you said because she disputes some of what you're saying is going on in her office. I mean, she's disputed these things publicly. Um, mm-hmm. So the Conviction Integrity Unit, for instance, she says that there are actually seven full-time attorneys in that office. Uh, and when you say that uh, we're rubber-stamping Warrants in Wayne County, uh, Prosecutor Worthy says that 30 percent of the warrants are denied for various reasons. How, how do you answer her answers to those criticisms? Well, I, I, as a trial lawyer, I pay very close attention to people's words, and it is not uncommon for me to turn around and uh, put them back in their face and force them to explain. And that's something mm-hmm. that I think a lot of the folks in the community have not done. They have not pushed back against our leaders. Mm-hmm. So what I have consistently heard my opponent say is that there are um, seven or eight people working in the office. I have not heard her say that they are full-time attorneys. So there's a difference. If we 
stop accepting surface level language, mm-hmm. we'll get to the heart of the issue. So I implore you when you meet with her on Sunday to ask her if the seven or eight people employed in that unit are all attorneys because to my information and knowledge, and this is coming directly from someone who works in that unit, Mm -hmm. there is only one full-time attorney. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's an important distinction. Yeah. It it absolutely is. Um, Just like, you know, my opponent is responding to the criticism of her having more of this county under her leadership, having more wrongful convictions than all other counties combined. The response has been, we don't have more exonerations. Well, that's not what the criticism is. Exonerations are not convictions. Quite frankly, there have been a few exonerations and there need to be more because there are over a thousand cases backlogged where folks have requested that their wrongful convictions be reviewed. So again, you know, we, we, we allow our leaders to play with us with uh, semantics and language, but it's also important that we force them to explain and and stop at the, you know, stop at the surface level language. Mm. Um, as far as the rubber stamping of warrants, I will say this. Again, as an attorney, I have been taught and I have learned that you don't just listen to what someone says. You will, you will find yourself in a world of trouble if you do. You look at what has come out of that office. So I have routinely been in the courtroom, and judges can tell you this, prosecutors can tell you, because prosecutors have shared this with me, out of frustration. I have routinely been in the courtroom where cases have been dismissed for lack of evidence, for requiring or needing uh, a further investigation. Uh, One example most recently was a case that I had that broke national news as the first uh, known a uh, man who was wrongfully arrested and prosecuted using faulty, unreliable, and racist facial recognition technology. Right. And Mr. And Williams, right. Absolutely, yeah. Mr. Williams. And if you think Mr. Williams is the only one, that's just not true. Uh, you know, so when you have prosecutors saying that they don't have enough evidence to move forward, that calls into question, well, then why did you authorize the warrant request to begin with? And that goes back to rubber stamping of warrants. My opponent was on Fox 2 News over two weeks ago on Let It Rip, and she specifically said that her office does not have enough prosecutors to fully review evidence, including body cam footage, before oftentimes a trial So again, that means that you have not done your due diligence and investigating before you charge. And that is how the felony warrant division in that office has a 50% 50 conviction rate. Mm. That means that half of the felony cases that she brings in are receiving convictions. So so, what does that tell you? So how would you how would you change that if, as she says, that's a matter of funding and uh, money to be able to have enough people to do it? What would be different? under your leadership? Well, let me highlight one thing. You can't say that it's not true and then say, well, it's true because we don't have enough people. you got to pick a side here. Like that's the integrity and credibility issue that our campaign continues to have with that office. And the way that you address that is by focusing on the crime that matters. You do not go after people who are poor. You do not go after people who commit low-level nonviolent offenses, who are battling with mental illness that needs to be treated properly outside of the criminal justice system, and people who are battling with substance addiction. Again, those issues are public health crises. Those are not issues that can be adequately addressed through the criminal justice system, and that's been proven. Vera Institute out of D.C., they came up and they studied our jails last year. And they said in a report, even that in January of this year, they published a report that despite what we're doing here, 
That means and despite the diversion programs that we have, that we are still getting it wrong. We're jailing too many people and the wrong people. We are wasting taxpayer dollars. We have had a prosecutor for years jump up and down about the budget not being sufficient. Well, if you know your budget isn't where you want it to be and where you need it to be, you have to be more cautious with it. You have to stop bringing in cases that do not affect public safety. You'd have to stop prosecuting marijuana cases, for instance. My opponent has been saying that she does not prosecute and has not prosecuted marijuana cases in five years. But, Stephen, we live in the age of information. You can go on to the Wayne County Circuit Court and look at the docketing system and see that marijuana cases are not only being prosecuted currently, but the warrants have been signed within the last five years. So, again, you, we, we have to stop listening to just what we've been told and and request the receipts. Hmm. Ask for the proof to be shown to us on how rubber stamping of warrants is not taking place. We've had a a 10-year-old child out of Canton last year after a dodgeball incident, a warrant was signed for him. And the warrant was dismissed, but it calls into question why was it signed? Was this, again, a continued rubber stamping of warrants or was someone very careful in reviewing the case and decided, nope, it's in our, it's in everyone's best interest and the public included that we charge this 10 year old child after a schoolyard game. So Uh, I implore people to stop listening and look at the record. It's very clear. I I don't want to interrupt you, but we're going to run out of time. And and before we end, I I, I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit more about facial recognition technology and its use. That is a a topic that we're arguing about quite a bit right now in this in this community. I, I know that you represent Robert Williams, who was falsely charged in part due to fa- facial sec- recognition software. But I'm, I'm assuming that you would not be in favor of using that as a prosecutorial or investigative tool. Absolutely not. Um, you know, when it comes to that technology, When you add a racist and broken technology to an already racist and broken criminal legal system, you get a racist and broken outcome. Hmm. When you add a perfect technology to a broken and racist legal system, you only automate and exacerbate the system's flaws. That technology was tested on white males. Uh, When it was uh, tested on uh, black folks, it picked up Michelle Obama for Oprah. Hmm. So we know that it was not designed to pick up on the faces of black and brown folks, yet it is used in Detroit in arguably the blackest city in America where we are already dealing with over-policing and over-surveillance issues. Okay. Uh, Victoria Burton-Harris, a Democratic candidate for Wayne County prosecutor, challenging current prosecutor Kim Worthy in the August 4th primary. It was really great to have this conversation with you, and uh, good luck in the rest of your campaign. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow and we're going to have a conversation with Oakland University President Ora Hirsch-Peskovitz about why OU and many other universities are backing lawsuits against the Trump administration's new restrictions on international students. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.